Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 31, John and Wendy Talk to Mary Faulkner. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? I am well. <laughs> excited to, to be back together again. And yes. uh, I think the timing-wise, this will be uh, after we spent some time together in South Dakota. And yeah, and, uh, yeah but just glad to be here and mm-hmm. excited we were talking about what are we going to talk about tonight before we introduce our guest. And lo and behold, we have another HR superhero to bring yes, up. Yes, we do. Wendy, I'll we let, do. You, let you talk a little bit about that. And At SHRM 18, I spent a lot of time at the Smart Stage and sat and listened to uh, a gal talk about Zen Your Work. And isn't that what we all want to do is just kind of zen out at work. And I loved what she talked about. I loved what she talked about so much that I actually got up at 7 o'clock the next morning for her 7 a.m. session. I actually got up before 7 a.m. to get to her session because I just loved what she had to say. And so I've connected with her at SHRM, connected with her since then a couple of times. We've had a chance to chat. So she actually has a book coming out. And her name is uh, Dr. Carlin Berensko probably just butchered her name, um, but she has a book coming out called Zen Your Work, and it's currently in pre-sales, and she has this very cool book club for those who pre-order her book, and uh, so when it comes out, or when you pre-order it, you get a chance to join a private Facebook group where you're going to go through the book with her starting at the end of September. It comes out on September 25th. So you'll read the book together, answer questions, talk to each other, and just create a a fun book club. I'm going to assume that you can drink wine while you're participating if you like. But very excited, and uh, Carlin's going to join us on the HR Social Hour in a couple of weeks as well. So excited to chat with her more about how to zen out at work. I'm excited. I don't know how to pronounce her name either because I'm not yeah. had the, I'm not had the chance to <laughs> chat with with Carl and I. We've traded notes back and forth, but I'm very excited and, and glad we can help her out. We'll have yes. in the notes. We'll uh, have a little bit more information in terms of how to join that join the book yep. club. But uh, but again, Carlin, glad to have you as another HR superhero. I don't want to take more time away though from our guest, who I'm super excited we were able to to get. We traded notes for a while and ran into her at conference, I guess, or somewhere. It was like, hey don't you want to do our show or wouldn't you be willing to come on the show? I never got your email and you know, technology ain't it grand, but here we are now. And uh, Wendy, I'll let you make the introduction and we'll get started. Awesome. Well, yeah, super excited to welcome Mary Faulkner to the show tonight. I'm not ashamed to admit that I stalked her for a while on Twitter. Um, I, stalk a lot of people on Twitter, but she's one of those, one of those people that I stalked for a while. I was like, ah, oh, I need to get to know her. I love her sense of humor. I love uh, her sarcasm and how she's putting things out there. And she's also seems to be very super smart. So I should probably like follow her around and, and learn from her. She is a talent strategist and business leader with 15 years of experience in helping organizations achieve their goals. She worked on the operation side of startups and small companies. She landed in HR by way of learning and development with extensive experience in leadership and organizational development, strategic planning, coaching, key talent planning, talent acquisition, performance management, business partnering, HRIS, process and policy creation, total total rewards, and instructional design. I think we need a few more HR buzzwords in there, but we can work on that for you, Mary. She is also the co-chair of the Denver chapter of Disrupt HR. Mary, welcome to the show tonight. And our first question is, what's in your glass? Well, seeing how I'm sitting in my office still, because uh, 
I'm still at work because I am that HR superhero. I have no glass, and that's a problem. <laughs> we'll get you through here fast yeah. and get you home. <laughs> what I should say is I have water because I work for a water utility. So I have water, good, pure, great-tasting, safe water. I love it. I love it. And we appreciate the fact that you're willing to stay at the office and, yes. and record with us instead of maybe imbibing something with water in it. Mary, I'm curious, you know, we connected some time ago, and I think you're the only guest we've had on that I have sent a Flash Gordon figure to. I'm, oh, I, think I still very, love him. I think it's very safe to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I, <laughs> how in the world did you originally get started in human resources? It seems so shocking, doesn't it? So, my standard answer is to say I forced Gump my way through HR because I never <laughs> I never intended to ever get into HR. I was going to be, well, I always say I always wanted to be a stunt car driver, which I still do, and I'll, I'll make that happen someday. But, I, I mean, I was going to be a physicist. I, I started as a – don't laugh at me, Wendy. I started as physics major. I was actually going to be a physics major and music major, double my major. I was a physics major, music minor, got through about halfway through my junior class. I was the only physics major in my class, and I was like, yeah, this is really hard. So I'm a physics minor. <laughs> it's hard when you're by yourself. I'm just saying. It's a collaborative science. So I'm a physics minor, and I got a history degree because I really love history as well. And I was going to be a teacher, so I got my teaching certification. That didn't really pan out just because I didn't get a job full-time. I was like, oh, that's all right. I'll, I'll just substitute. But in the meantime, I had a chance to work in a, a tech startup, and I loved it. I just loved that environment, and it really kind of – I still count that job as one of my favorite jobs ever because it sort of led me down the path of this is what a cool environment could be. I want a boss that encourages me to go learn how to do stuff. I want a team that is just like, oh, I don't care what your job title is. Let's all figure this out. So I kind of took that experience with me. And at one point, I decided I probably should go figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> and I started an MBA and it was terrible. I hated the MBA program. I got three semesters in. And I was like, this is dumb, uh, which <laughs> I know. I, I would probably have a different attitude now. But at the time, I was just like, this is dumb. And I took a stats course, though, and I loved it. And so stats got me to kind of performance improvement, performance management, and instructional design. So that's how I got my degree in instructional learning technologies, my master's degree. And so I, I worked from there. I went and worked at like really big companies, Dish Network. I did instructional design facilitation, high potential development. I just kind of grew up in HR kind of organically. I had just a really great opportunity to kind of create my career. And, you know, now I'm kind of doing that core HR stuff. And it's just nice to have that well-rounded approach I'm just naturally curious, so I'm like, yeah, I'll figure out how to do that, and so here I am today. Very cool. Well, I I laughed because the first thing I thought of was Keith Enoch being That's what a nuclear I was engineer. Say. A physicist <laughs> and a nuclear engineer. I'm I'm just amazed at the brain talent that we have in our yeah, yeah. like, profession. That we know it's amazing. That's awesome. I just, I was like, wow, we have a physicist now. I feel super smart with my English degree. <laughs> Oh, well, Mary, my music you... degree taught me how to count to four, if that's anything. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you see, the difference is, do you do you snap on the downbeat or on the and? Because vocalists like the downbeat, but everybody else likes the and, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're music nerds, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's why we love this. So, Mary, you and I have chatted about this a little bit because we both work in the public se sector now. Talk a, a little bit about the challenges that you face practicing HR in the public sector and how they compare to your time in the private sector. So the, the biggest difference I see, and it's tough, too, because public sector, depending on what industry you're in, it's not necessarily always a monopoly, but I work in a public sector that also happens to be a monopoly. 
if you want water, you have to buy it from us. But it's it's that aspect of you don't you don't have that change or die platform really. You can't motivate people to change. You can't motivate people to think differently about the business by saying our competitors are doing X. When you're trying to message massive changes, I mean, we've gone through a huge amount of change in the last five years, and most of it dealing with that core things to the employee value proposition, very centered on HR. I can't go out and say, well, we need to do this because the other water utilities are, um, where I could do that in other organizations. The other piece of it is it's a, it's a lot more regulated. So on the one hand, you know, it's your civil service. You have to follow the rules. There are very specific things that you have to do. There's less of that their guidelines really like in private sector when you're hiring it's like yeah it says it's a qualification but we're okay in public sector you have to stand by that on the one hand it's kind of frustrating but on the other hand it has I think it's forced me to be a more creative HR professional and by that I mean we're finding different ways to get to the result that we're trying to get to while still following policies procedures it's, it's forcing people to be a little bit more flexible in their thinking. So in that, in that way, uh, I kind of appreciate it. Yeah. I, I use the phrase, tell me where the sandbox is. Yes, exactly. Tell, tell me what I can do. Tell me where I can play. And then I, I will play there. If you don't tell me where I can play, I might go all over the place. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you've probably faced this too public sector tends to have very long tenured employees, Mm -hmm. which is a great thing from an institutional knowledge standpoint, but it also tends to get a very inward looking approach to how you deal with people. One of the challenges that I find, and, and, you know, it's a challenge you rise to because it's a good thing. You're saying, Hey, here's what's actually happening elsewhere too. You might want to be thinking about this because now we have a lot of people retiring and we're going to be hiring people in, and they're not all going to be from public sector. So we have to be open to thinking about things differently and they're going to have different expectations and we have to widen that sandbox a little bit. Right. When we had Jennifer McClure on several months ago, we talked with her obviously about Disrupt and she, I think you maybe came up on the show or I know I've heard you talk with her at some point on a podcast somewhere and how you picked it up and kind of took it with you back to Denver. What's the best part of having been part of Disrupt for you? What What's really been memorable, exciting What keeps you engaged in it? I mean, there's so many different things I love about it. You know, there's the community of people who have opened up their own chapters in different cities. You know, we're over 100 cities now. It's just insane. It was just, you know, Denver and Cincinnati for a while. (laughs) (laughs) We can do this. So this, that community and seeing how much variety there is in the way that people kind of run with the concept and go with it. That's really interesting. I love seeing, I like a big part of it for me is I like to see us as an opportunity for people to dip their toe in the public speaking pool. It's really hard to break into conference speaking. You have to know somebody or you have to have written a book or you have to do that sort of thing. We are small. It's five minutes of your life, but we record it. So we have a video. If you've ever wanted to try public speaking and you have a really great concept and you just want to go for it, apply for a Disrupt HR city. And then you've got a video of you speaking at something that's nationally recognized. So I really like that we're we're giving this opportunity to people. And then there's just the talks themselves. People are freaking creative as hell. And, 
and it's I think it's important that, and and you know it's the fact that it's not just HR for HR although we have a lot of HR people but we have a lot of CEOs we've had government officials we've had authors you know we happen to be lucky enough to be in Colorado where Kirk Kaufman lives in Boulder so he came down we had Reggie Rivers who was a former Denver Bronco he came over we don't pay our speakers either so the fact that they were willing to come and speak for us is a it shows that we're really good at stalking people and bothering them <laughs> But B, that they're like, that's kind of cool. I want to see what this is about. So it's just, it's different enough that people are interested in it, but it's not so different that people are like, nah, no thanks. It's just fun. It is you a know? lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but you know, yeah. we're on our... We're in our 10th one now. It's next Thursday for those of you wow. who might be listening, but, uh, <laughs> although it might not be even on until we're after <laughs> our 10th one, but whatever. But yeah, we're on our 10th one now. So we've kind of got it down to a science, but every year we're shocked at, or every time we do it twice a year, we're really surprised at the response we get. That's just awesome. I'm, I'm very impressed that you do it twice a year because it is a lot of work. It's just insane. And <laughs> yes, I concur. <laughs> Yeah, I have a great team. There's three of us who are co-chairs of it. We have great sponsors. It's just a good team. Mary, one of the ways that I started stalking you, we'll just talk <laughs> about it, was reading your blog. Yeah, we'll uh -huh. be open about it. Surviving leadership. And so you do a lot of presenting at various events. Sherm is, is one of them. So how do you strike the balance between your day job and these other things? So they're They're related, but they're not. It can be hard. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful that I have the flexibility that I do with my current job to be able to go out and do some of these things. I'm speaking on behalf of Denver Water, but a lot of them I'm not. And I still have that opportunity to kind of go out there, do some employer branding, that sort of thing. But I think the, the really hard thing is not sharing specific stories too soon. <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a blog post once about it and how hard it is to have a blog with a, a regular gig because something happens, you're like, oh my gosh, that'd be a great blog post. And you're like, but they'll totally recognize themselves. And I got to wait three months and then change the names and, you know, <laughs> use, use at a previous organization, because I'm really surprised at how many people here read my blog. And some of them mm. are in leadership and they always come in and like, that was really good. So who was it? <laughs> you know? and, that's, and it's just, I've started telling some of them, like, it was you. Okay. <laughs> you know? It was it's you. Just, you did it. it you was, know, you did. Totally you. It is hard because you've got to you know, in my role, we are a government entity. I have to be really careful to say this is not representative of my organization. So I mm -hmm. try not to use examples that are specific to us. You know, I'm very clear to say this is not them. This is me. And so it can be hard, but I, I really enjoy it. I like to travel and I don't get to travel in my current role because we're Denver. Denver Water does not sell water in Seattle. What? So I know. <laughs> So it kind of scratches that itch because I used to have to travel a lot for other jobs. I get to interact with some amazing people. So it kind of keeps me sane when the day-to-day -day gets crazy, right? I get to go out and see, like, what are normal people doing? And they're like, nothing like, you know, we're not normal either, but <laughs> it feels normal. <laughs> Mary, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, our half okay. hour question connection. Yes. Do you remember how you first connected with us? I want to say it was Twitter, probably next chat. Wendy definitely stalked me. Yeah. John and I started talking about sci-fi and we found a, a shared love of Flash Gordon and all of that ilk. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. And then we connected on Facebook and that sort of thing. And I'm going to remain silent about Megaforce, but... Uh, hey, Megaforce on. sucks, man. Just accept it. It's <laughs> a horrible uh, movie. Uh, I don't care how much MST3K you put on it. It's a terrible movie. G.I. Joe beta, that's all I'm going to say. But now having said all that, if you wanted to be a stunt car driver, I hope you've read Stuntman 
by Hal Needham because it's one of the greatest books ever written. I've not read it, but I'm a big Hal Needham fan. Oh, okay. Well, we got to talk later. Smoking the Bandit. That's another uh, podcast. Cannibal Run. Are you kidding me? That's on my that's on my wish list of podcasts to produce. So I I think I just found my co-host, Wendy. There you go. Hooray. I think so. Well, getting back to the real question, and we'll have to talk at the end again, Wendy. But, but Wendy, uh, Mary, how has how has networking helped you in your career, and what's been really effective for you when it comes to networking? People are always really surprised to find that I am a massive introvert. I would be more than happy to never meet face-to-face with human beings. It's it's just kind of funny. Like, it's just how I'm built. But I really like what I do, and I'm naturally curious, and so I have to interact. So I find social networking the most effective method for me because I can kind of control the input and the interaction. I'm, you know, I'm a much faster writer and better communicator in writing than I am in person. As you two know, I'm fairly socially awkward in person. For me, <laughs> having that online social network has been great. I have a really great national and global network, not so much local because I've really focused on that online piece. And because of that, that networking alone is what has given me the opportunity to speak, to write, to meet people like you, go to conferences, that sort of thing. And I always joke about it. And I said it when I was on Jen McClure's Impact Makers podcast. I blame her. It was all her fault. Uh, (laughs) And so I'm, I'm forever grateful to Jen because that's what got me to be able to network with everybody out there and kind of showed me that it's something that was worth putting time and effort into. Very cool. So who do you read or follow for HR Insight? You know, the regulars, the, you know, Jen, uh, Lori Rudiman, Tim Sackett, John Burke's out there. I love Paul Hebert's work. He's on Fistful of Talent, and he also does his own, like, what what is Paul thinking? He is, his work on incentives and engagement is fantastic, and everybody should read it. I, you know, Adam Grant, you know, we're Twitter buddies, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I read a lot of Harvard Business Review, general business magazines as well. I just think it's all kind of interconnected. Oh, and David Rock. I love David Rock's neuroleadership stuff, so... And the rest. Can I say and the rest? So Gilligan's Island. There you go. And the rest. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I will figure out how to put that in the show notes, but yes, you can say that. Please do. Please do. (laughs) Mary, how do you you enjoy giving back to the HR community? By forcing my opinions upon you all. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, you know, I really look at Disrupt HR as one of those ways. None of us get paid for it. It's a voluntary thing. It's a, I, I kind of look at it as this is my way of kind of showing HR, especially in Colorado where it's oddly conservative HR, to say there's another way to think about it. I like, you know, I've, I've tried to mentor folks that I've worked with who have questions about it, share my time when I'm able to, if somebody reaches out to me online, but really kind of pushing. I try to push HR to think about things differently. And I think it helps that I didn't kind of grow up in HR and, you know, that wasn't what I went to school for. It's so I can bring different thinking to it. So I, I kind of give back by being different. <laughs> being yourself. Yeah, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I know this is like one of the hardest questions for you, Mary. Favorite movie. I don't have one. They're all it's genre based. It depends on if you're talking movie or series. I oh, I don't have one. I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's a Sophie's choice for me. Can't Sophie's pick amongst choice. your children. I can't pick amongst my children. Um, I just, I'm a movie buff. I was going to Star Trek conventions when I was a kid, mainly for the movie stuff before there was online trailers. They'd always do the trailer park and go through all the movies that were coming up. I worked in a movie theater. I loved the movie stuff. So I'm not a rom-com person. The only romantic comedy that I can sit through is The Proposal. 
which is weird, I know. That is a weird one. That is so weird. I mean, from sheer beauty, anything. Lawrence of Arabia is a beautifully shot movie, and I love the movie. Blade Runner 2049, beautifully shot movie. Love the movie, just from a technical aspect. I could watch Three Amigos every freaking day of my life and be happy. <laughs> I mean, it just, I'm all over the map. So I don't know what to tell you guys. So <laughs> I father clearly, Star Wars clearly. Yeah. I, just, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> One of my husband's favorite gifts for me, I believe, is when I gave him the Three Amigos on Blu-ray. Oh, that's a beautiful gift. That's yeah. love. That's love that right love. there. Mm-hmm. Well, and so just an aside with movies, it is a tradition in my family that my brother and I would give each other really crappy movies for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I love it. But love the it. thing is, they're movies we love. So, like, the first, one of the first Christmases with my husband, Ryan, and, like, my family had come over and we're exchanging gifts, and my brother gave me a DVD of Flash Gordon. And I was so happy. And my father <laughs> was like, what just happened? And I'm like, it's Flash Gordon on DVD. You don't understand. <laughs> Because that was like the one movie my whole family could watch together and be like, this is a great movie. <laughs> so, so like, you know, and not crappy movies. Like Last Starfighter, Cannonball Run, Cannonball Run 2, very important. Gremlins, Gremlins 2, very bad movie. But, you know, just that was like a tradition. So that's there's also that B-movie love in my life as well. <laughs> You've inspired me. I think my husband is going to start getting bad Nicolas Cage movies for Christmas. <gasps> oh, you got to start with The Rock. <laughs> Oh, that's just, that's, yeah. <laughs> or Wicker, I, I, no, or, I said or bad Wicker movies. Park, or whatever it's called. Wicker Park. <laughs> you have to do, you have to do The oh, Rock yeah. just for the, I have a Volvo. Oh, it's beige. I you know. have to do that. Well, and that's one of those movies that if it's on, I and I go downstairs, he's watching it. <laughs> just every time. I know it's going to be up on the 4K uh, big giant TV. So yeah, wow. I think, wow. yeah, I don't think he listens to the podcast. So I think we, we're okay. <laughs> I'm judging you, Wendy's husband. <laughs> I knew this would happen. So I need to get us back on the rails a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's my own fault. No fun. We, it's a great question, but favorite musician or band? Is that as hard? It's pretty hard because I'm not a, I'm not a band follower. I like song, you know, I will say, strangely enough, I absolutely love John Denver. I think it was growing up in Colorado. My mom had a John Denver's Greatest Hits 8-track, 8-track, yes. Oh, yes. Um, we listened to it all the time. So I really, I hate country music, but I love John Denver and I love Kenny Rogers. It's so weird because we listened to The Gambler. The Gambler is a classic. It is. Um, in terms of, like, other music, I like, I tend to gravitate towards one-hit wonders so like Dexy's Midnight Runners, <laughs> like Contrino in the Waves, a lot of 80s music. My brother was basically John Cusack's character in High Fidelity. <laughs> so I didn't get to listen to a lot of mainstream music when I was growing up. It was all Eraser and Frozen Ghost and Vitamin Z and Zig Zig Sputnik. So, you know, people are coming out and talking about hair bands. I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, what? who's Cinderella? You know, I'm just like, I understand. Skid Row, what? So <laughs> then I married a, a guy who grew up with metal. So I'm like, okay, sure, that's good too. So yeah, I'm really more about individual songs. I, I really kind of love Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. Um, It just, it makes me happy. Awesome. That is I a happy I can song. safely say you're the first guest and probably the only guest that'll ever mention Sig Zig Sputnik on this show <laughs> you know? that knows who they are besides yeah. me. So kudos to you, my friend. I have a legacy. How about mid-year? Are you a mid-year fan? I, I, not necessarily, but certainly know, okay. I know about him. But, you know. 
I don't want to admit anything right now, so. Yeah. This is about you, not me, but anyway. <laughs> Zig Zig Sputnik was a, sure. that's a poll, so yes. Uh, how about a favorite TV show? Oh, I, Seinfeld will always be a thing for me. I mean, I can watch Seinfeld reruns and I'm just amazed at how well they hand up, hold up. I mean, they're 20 something years old, which makes me feel really old, but yeah. it's just amazing to me how relevant they still are. So I like that. I like, I would be remiss to, if I didn't admit that I am a forensic file nut, I watch <laughs> all of those actual real science, not the CSI stuff. I have to have it re real science. So I love forensic files. I love investigative discovery stuff. Dateline, huge Dateline fan. I got a problem. <laughs> but um, in terms of fiction, you know, we watch the big ones. We watch Westworld. We watch Game of Thrones. Um, I'm about a third of the way through season two of Handmaid's Tale. Well, I read, and here's the thing that's funny. It was interesting for me to watch Handmaid's Tale evolve, like as people were watching it, because I read the book when I was younger. I watched the original movie with Natasha Richardson. I loved it, and it was very, I was very like, holy crap, this could happen. And so while People have been discovering Handmaid's Tale through the new series and rereading the book and everything. I'm like, yeah, you just wait. Like, this is happening. Like, oh, there's more. <laughs> so it was. It's been really like, interesting to see people experience it. It's it's a tough watch though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't know if I can watch it. I I I, I like the story. Well, like is a weird word to say, but uh -huh. it's one of those. Yeah, I feel like I should watch it, but yeah, I really don't want to. It's deliberately paced. Let's say. Okay. And you have to really like looking at close-ups of Elizabeth Moss's face. Oh, okay. Yeah, like there's some questionable framing choices, but it's interesting. Interesting. Okay. I always have to find connection, and there are plenty here. I'm going to tell you a story, though, because I think you'll appreciate it. You mentioned Star Trek and growing up going to Star Trek conventions. Uh-huh. One of my – a guy I've gotten to know through my comic book nerd world, he's a writer – He's written comics and TV. He writes the. He works for the Overstreet Price Guide comic book Price Guide book now. He went to high school with Ming Na Wen. They've been Are friends you forever. Yeah. Yes, I'm totally serious. And she was a hardcore Star Trek fan who refused to see Star Star Wars. Oh wow! <laughs> she would not go see Star Wars when it came out in the theater. It took a year. So when it was re-released in '78. He got. He finally talked her into going to see Star Wars, and then she saw it like six, six, seven, ten times, whatever it was in the theater. He's telling me this story, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! You went to school. You went to high school with Ming Na Wen." She's like, "Oh yeah, she's a legit sci-fi nerd." Uh -huh. she, oh she my had, gosh! And, like went to sci-fi conventions and was super into Star Trek and refused to see Star Wars. <laughs> I don't understand those people. What? It's amazing. Embrace well, it all. Embrace it all. I, I just exactly. I think, it's, I think it's amazing that you know what I'm one connection away from her. I it's cool and I'm like ah eh, you know, I thought you'd appreciate that though. I a, do. That's awesome. Yeah, as a fan, I thought that was really really cool. Very cool. Having said all that, not looking at all these bad '80s movies or listening to Zig Zig Sputnik or or watching <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. What else do you like to do outside of work? You know, this, this everybody always asks me this question. I'm like, what do I do outside of work? I read a lot. I'm I'm a an an avid reader. I'm usually reading like two or three books at a time. We snowboard badly, not very often. <laughs> but during the during the season we try to get up. We didn't we didn't go up last year because the snow was bad and then we were in London and blah blah blah. So we try to travel. We like to travel. And I have a dog, Bamboo. She's amazing. Follow her. Follow me on Instagram, and you will uh, see the antics of Bamboo, the most stubborn Akita in the world. She's um, so pretty. She's pretty. She's and she knows it, so she gets away with a lot. 
She's like, I'm so glad she's not like a teenage girl. It would be a problem. <laughs> She'd just be like, why are you so mad at me? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Apologies to all the teenage girls out there. And uh, we are actually uh, subscribers for our local theater, so D- Denver Center Performing Arts. It's a fabulous regional theater. So I love musicals. I grew up you know, as a vocal performance, vocal performance minor. Thought seriously about going that direction. Did not because I can't dance. I do have rhythm, but I can't dance. So I just, I love musicals. Nice. Yay. Yay. So finally, <laughs> if you weren't practicing HR, what do you think you'd be doing professionally, but not a stunt car driver? Damn it. Answer. <laughs> You're no fun. I kind <laughs> of steer a conversation here. You, know. so you want it to be realistic? You want yeah. it to be realistic? Um. <laughs> You know, I think I'd probably be, I honestly don't know. I, I might, I would probably work in startups. I might be more on the tech side. Um, I've always been interested in technology. We had one of the early, I mean, we had the Osborne 2 portable computer. Uh, Ah. My dad dad was super into it. My brother was super into it. I, I married IT. So I would, I would probably be doing something in technology. Had I ended up being a teacher, I would have been out by now. I'll tell you that right 100% <laughs> now. I'd probably been out in a year and be like, you people are insane. Um, so God bless you teachers. Teachers are amazing. I am not yes. one. So, um, yeah, I, I, my problem in life is that I am, I find many things curious, like interesting, and I'm really curious about it. So something comes up, and I'm like, ooh, I should have done that, or ooh, I should have done that. So. I'd probably, if I were independently wealthy, I would be doing everything <laughs> <laughs> or nothing. Honestly, let's nothing, be honest. Yeah. Everything or nothing somewhere in between there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very office space about that, by the way. <laughs> I felt really old the other day. So I, I was referencing office space and one of the gals in my office was looking at me and she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, office Base. and I'm, it's required the viewing in all my teams the whole scene with the fax machine and like a pc load letter <laughs> what does this say paper gem well, there is no paper gem <laughs> oh yeah, so see, that's I, a whole I, podcast I, too that's a podcast it is, it well, is. One, one at a time one at a time for <laughs> sure <laughs> mary you, you have successfully survived the question connection the conversation at large. For those of you that are continu- that are still listening, I'm going to be dropping <laughs> music in. No, I'm really, I'm a professional. Some, I'm going to be dropping some very specific music in under <laughs> what Mary says next because I have committed to do this because Thank we you. do have a shared love for this particular film. We're not going to say what it is. Listen to it. Send us a note or tweet us if you know what it is because you two are cool if that's the case. <laughs> But, Mary, this is your chance to let the listeners know that, that don't follow you now or know, uh, know you. What's the, the best way to reach you out there? The non-stalkers. The best way to get to me, um, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, especially during conferences. So Twitter handle is mfalkner43 because there are a lot of mfalkners in the world and Mary Faulkners, actually. So mfalkner43 on Twitter. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm on Facebook. I, I don't accept everybody who sends a request. So LinkedIn, Twitter, and I'm on Instagram, but it's mostly boo. So but <laughs> I'd love to connect with you. I do respond to direct messages when I get them. So uh, yeah, come find me. And what about your blog? Oh, and I do have a blog. I forget about that. 
and my blog, uh, survivingleadership.blog. All one word, survivingleadership.blog. That just lets me play more music as we go along. I know. I could. I can continue. <laughs> if you're in the I Denver area. <laughs> we will be sure to put all that in the show notes for sure. Wendy, oh, what, what about you? What's the best way to reach you out there? Best way is always Twitter. Um, I am Wendell93. Find me, connect with me, and love to love to meet and, and uh, chat with people that way. I will accept uh, requests via LinkedIn. Just uh, drop me a note and let me know why you uh, want to connect with me. And listening to uh, Dave Ryan's podcast with us today and um, the whole thing about please don't sell anything to me. Uh, I work in the public sector. I can't buy anything. Exactly. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I can't buy, but I am happy to connect there as well. Um, also on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And always the fourth Sunday of the month, um, you will find me at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter following the hashtag HR social hour um, in our monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? You can always find me on Twitter. That's at John, J-O-N underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. Happy to connect on LinkedIn. I would ask if you'd personalize the note. Let me know you found us through the show or the chat. I'd appreciate it. If you have comments or questions about the show or chat, and if you know the music that I played, send me an email, hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook if you search the HR Social Hour. You can find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, the Podbean app, Podchaser, hrpodcasters.com, Google Play, and TuneIn. And as always, if you like what you hear, rate and review. Help us continue to build our visibility in the community at large. So again, Mary, can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back. And network. network. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs>